Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms. Psalms 136. <clears throat> Psalm 136. just want to say again, I want to thank Brother Daner for taking the services the last two Sundays. He's done a great job. He's come a long way in his speaking, and I really appreciate it. Doing a great job, he and Christina with the youth group, and it's so necessary. And I hope that uh, as older members that we do whatever we can to encourage them and and uh, help them out with the teaching and training of our youth. You know, it's it's going to be those that are coming up through the youth group that will be the future leaders of this church. Psalm 136. Uh, tonight, I just want to remind you that we're going to have pie. Praise and fellowship. Now, I said to some ladies this morning, it's, it'll all start with a P. Pi, P-I-E, right? Praise, P-R-A-I-S-E, and fellowship. P-H-E-L-L-O-W-S-H-I-P. Okay, so we're going to have all that tonight. So at 5 o'clock when you get here, just go right on back to Delaney Hall, okay? How many are going to be bringing a pie with you tonight? Okay, let's see. I've mean, I mean, got to count these pies. Let me, one, two... It's going to be some good. Bring some pie. You like? You're going to eat some pie, right? Okay. All right. Anybody bringing a pumpkin pie or anything like that? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. No. All right. I'll tell you what. It's going to be a good time of of uh, eating. It's going to be a good time of fellowship. But let's come with a testimony, okay? Be thinking this afternoon. Come with a praise. That's uh, something that you're just thankful that God has done in your life and that you realize. Psalm 136. Psalm 136. <clears throat> we'll have some responsive reading here this morning. Uh, we're going to read the entire chapter. I'll begin reading, but when it gets down to For His mercy endureth forever, I need you to read that aloud to me, okay? So... I'll start off, and then in every verse goes, For his mercy endureth forever. And that's what you're going to repeat back to me. Here we go. Oh, good thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone doeth great wonders. To him that by wisdom made the heavens. To him that stretcheth out the earth above the waters. To him that made great lights. The sun to rule by day. The moon and stars to rule by night. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, and brought out Israel from among them, with a strong hand and a stretched out arm. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it. 
but overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. To him which led his people through the wilderness. To him which smote great kings. And slew famous kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. And Og, the king of Bashan, and gave their land for an heritage, even an heritage unto Israel his servants, who remembered us in our low estate, and hath redeemed us from our enemies. Who giveth food to all flesh. For his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven. For his mercy endureth forever. I'm here to let you know this morning that the God of all gods, mercy to all of us, endures forever. Amen. When your love and loved ones around you will fail, his mercy endures forever. Amen. Let's go Lord in prayer. Father, we come to this point where we've opened your word. The word that through your Holy Spirit was given to man and then it was recorded and you have preserved it miraculously. Dear God, I pray that your Holy Spirit gives us light this morning as we discuss your word. Father, may we get in tune with you this morning. May we be just on the same wavelength, if you will, as you are. God, may we desire to know you. And Father, just the encouragement of reading the word to the, this morning together uh, has blessed my soul. I pray, God, that you will do a work in our hearts and our lives. God, may we learn that we don't have to be just the same all the time. We can actually grow in you. We can actually look for those divine appointments that you've put in front of us and you, you have those things that you want us to do for your name's sake. And then all the while, Lord, may we learn to praise and worship you and give you that rightful honor and glory that you so deserve. Bless us now today in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, we live in a thankless society, don't we? As children of God above all and above everyone else, we should, of all people, be thankful. And what a better way to remind us than by reading Psalm 136 this morning and the understanding that his mercy endureth forever. Now, we're not exactly positive who wrote this particular psalm. It might have been David. But we do know that it was sung in Solomon's temple. If you go back, you don't have to turn there, but in Second Chronicles, it tells us that in chapter 7. And it was also sung by the armies of Jehoshaphat, when they sung themselves into victory in the wilderness of Tekoa. Uh, from history, we learn that this was a popular song that the children of Israel would sing. Remember the Psalm 51 when David had sinned and how that he had gotten forgiveness from God and, and he had the whole nation singing this song. Now, they were a singing people. I hope that when you come into church, you don't just sit there. I hope you actually sing. We've got songs that we like to sing. We've got the old rugged cross. We've got uh, different hymns that have a, a great 
and strong uh, chorus, and we repeat it and we sing it over and over. And this is what they did. This is what they did, and they would sing this song. Uh, so with that in mind, I want to speak on His mercy endureth forever. So what is it that you have to sing or praise about this morning? Sometimes we get caught up in a mindset and we look so much into ourselves and consider our own problems that we don't consider the things that God is doing for us. How he's protected us, how he keeps us from harm, how he's blessed us, how he's given us the ability of good health to work, sustain, do a good job. So many things to be thankful for. But we don't and are not thankful. I mean, there's, without a doubt, when you look around the world, there's a lot of hurting in the world, isn't there? Not only in your own home and your own particular situations, but all you have to do is turn on your media devices this morning, right? And you read about a mother and a baby that were shot and killed. Why? Or you read about a bunch of police cadets out exercising and getting mowed down by a car. Why? Why? Uh, good people minding their own business and all of a sudden they're introduced into a world of pain, pain and hurt in this world. It's because of our experiences with these issues of life, the hurts and the pains of just living life that causes us to view the world through a kind of a distorted lens, a distorted lens. And we, as we look through that lens, a lot of time we think, there's just no hope. There's just no hope. We look at our elections and you think, that's just not the way God would have it to go. There just seems to be no hope. But I'm here to let you know this morning that his mercy endureth forever. Many times as a young person, it's, it's difficult to see or understand why bad things or diseases or, uh, or even mean people invade our lives. We don't understand it. I look at our, our young children and I look at their innocence and I, the things that they say and how they are, their lives are their innocence. They've not been clouded with all the problems and the troubles of the world uh, that's not influenced them. They've been protected and rightfully so, in their homes by their parents. And they should be. But no one in this room has escaped diseases such as cancer and how it's indiscriminate. It attacks anyone. Someone remarked that's a pity that youth is wasted on the young. You know, it's kind of the same way. You know, I look at all the energy of the young people and I think, boy. I would like to have that energy at my advanced age now, you know. But by the time we gain the wisdom that comes from experience, we lose that innocence. We lose that carefree spirit. I'm reminded of Romans 15:4. For whatsoever things are written for time, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. And that's what we're being reminded here this morning of Psalm 136. It's exactly uh, what this scripture, why it was written. There was a reason that the ancient people of God sang this song. It was a reminder to them of who they served. It's a reminder today of us as we read 
of who we serve and who we are to worship. Similarly, we have to find out. McKee Road Baptist Church have to find out who God is so that we will be strong when that, those winds of sorrow come at us and hit us and they blow against us. That's what good theology will do for you. Good theology will give you hope. I don't find hope in man. I didn't find hope in the election. I don't find hope in my, the jobs that I do. I find hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. We can see this principle at work in Psalm 136. It's some taunt. Sometimes it's called the Hallelujah Psalm because it contains no petitions, there's no complaints, and no problems. Instead, it contains a list of moments where God worked in history. It's, as you read through that, did you notice that? And we'll go through that, and we'll kind of go over that. But this covers several centuries of time. God and his love endureth forever. Endureth forever. Notice the call to praise. The psalm begins this way. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. If you get anything this morning, I want you to get the, think, the thinking and the idea and the notion that God's mercy to me personally endures forever. In that, I should be thankful. These verses offer us three reasons to praise God. Number one, he's good. God is good. Sometimes we get to thinking, why did you do that, God? God is good. God is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords. This is what he's telling us. You know, there are plenty of gods, and there are plenty of lords all around us. But there's only one true God. Only one true God who rules the universe. There's an aspect in our Bible study that we mention in our teaching and preaching, but we gloss over it too casually. We really do. It's found, <clears throat> and it's the first of the Ten Commandments, and it's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. And it says, God said, he said what? The very first one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It is to that great God that belongs our best and our deepest and our highest praise. Problem is, folks, the problem is, in the heart of man, we have a, a deep-seated, uh, idolatrous heart. Idolatry. We say, oh, well, not me, not me. And yet, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I submit that it's good reason that the very first of the Ten Commandments was the instruction by God to say, you're not to have any other gods before me. Well, what can be my God? Anything that takes your focus off God Almighty is God. Wow. Well, that could be just about anything. That's exactly right. But most of us have something in particular that is our idolatrous gods. For me, years ago, for me, it was sports. Judd, I'd better keep me out of church because I love the sports so much. It was my God. 
I had to come to a point in my life where this God of the Bible became my God. My God. If God allows, I hope maybe to bring a series of messages on this topic soon. But back to this morning's message. Consider the meaning of these things. God, he is truly the supreme being of the universe. Do you realize that this morning? That the God and his Holy Spirit that resides within your heart is the God of the universe, the supreme being. And he's good in what he does. Good in what he does. And you know what? It's impossible for us to overestimate. It's what I'm saying, to overestimate the value of these truths. If he were not supreme, we would not worship him. We come here on a Sunday morning. The Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So we, out of obedience to God's word, we continue in the faith and practice of this word. We are here this morning, and we worship him. If he were not good, we'd not trust him. We'd not trust him. Don't fall into that trap where something happens in your life. And it happens not because God ordained it to happen, but he will allow it to happen because we live in a sinful world. And don't fall into the trap where you just begin to blame God. Don't blame God. But because he's both good and the Lord, we not only trust, trust him, but we bow before him this morning. And we worship him this morning. This is something we forget. We... Uh, we live in a great country, a wonderful country, but I think, and there's a lot of pride in being an American citizen, a citizen of the United States, and the opportunity to live in this great nation. And let me just make it plain, it's a great nation because it was founded upon the principles of God's word. But as we go on further in our walk as a nation, we walk further from God, and we forget to give him the praise and the worship that he is due. <clears throat> can't help but notice the answering chorus to each verse his love endureth forever these simple words remind us that all things God's love at displays God's love at work on behalf of his children the Hebrew word translated love <clears throat> refers to a royal love it's a faithful love you might call it a covenant love He's made a covenant. I will love you. Not, not if you treat me well. Not if you do all the things I tell you to do. God says, I will love you. Now, how many of us have someone that would love us like that? Not many people love like that. It should be the type of love a, a husband has for his wife or a wife has for a husband. should be the type of love that a mother has for her children. But get this, God's love is eternal. It's eternal. Why? Because his covenant that he made with us is eternal. God cannot not love his people. Any of you mothers don't love your children? No. <laughs> no. No. You love your children. But the meaning goes beyond that because God's love endures. God's love endures. Think about it. God's love outlasts all the problems of this life. All the problems you have going on right now. 
His love outlasts them. His love transcends the troubles that we face every day. It goes on when our life comes to an end. My friend Bob went home to be with the Lord last night. God still loves him. God still loves him. And this morning, Bob is recognizing that love in a way that he never, never had. God cannot not love his people. Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, no saint shall fall finally or fatally. Sorrow may bring us to the earth and death may bring us to the grave. But lower, we cannot sink. And out of the lowest of all, we shall rise to the highest of all. You know, when you stand by the grave of that loved one, as my friends will stand by the graveside of my friend Bob, we have to know the truth. Where are they going to be? Where are they at? Is death the end or is there something else? What gives us the confidence to face death with our heads high? How can we cross over Jordan as we sing about it to reach on the other side? I'll tell you how. Because his love endures forever. That's our hope. That's our hope. We die. There's going to come a day. I will die. But his love for me will endure forever. We may stumble and fall as we go through this Christian life walking. And we think we failed. Guess what? His love endures forever. Notice the cause for praise. The remainder of Psalm 136 contains a, basically a survey of the faithfulness. And he begins with creation here. And he goes all the way ending through the, going into the promised land. Look at verses 4 through 9. It says, To him alone who doeth uh, great wonders for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endureth forever. To him that uh, stretched out his, uh, the earth above the waters for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule the day for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night for his mercy endureth forever. The verses here follow a general pattern that you'll find in Genesis chapter 1. And they parallel very closely. Note that everything was made was done by his wisdom. By his wisdom. You know, that alone rules out evolution. Oh, it just kind of exploded. Something, there was an explosion, and this happened, and that happened, these gases, and this happened, and, and then you had this little cell of whatever was in this ooze and uh, in the muck and the mire and it no no it rules out purposeless evolution or blind faith oh my you talk about having faith those that believe in evolution must have tremendous faith based in nothing the universe and the world as we know it today came into being because god willed it to be he willed it to be the writer of psalm 36 would agree in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says, Through faith we understand, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The entire universe 
The entire universe, the world, came into being by a plan and comes from the hand and the mind and the words of Almighty God. Nothing was made by chance. Nothing was made by chance. Nothing evolved into a random mutation. God's wisdom, he understands behind the universe as we see it. Since the universe as it is rests on God's wisdom or his understanding, no one can understand the universe properly without knowing God. You have very scientific minds, you have very intelligent people and they try to explain away and they have no idea who the God is. No idea. If you leave God out, you miss the whole fundamental truth about the universe. In order to understand the human origins and the true history of the universe, you must begin with God's wisdom, his understanding as he's revealed it to us. Most people wrestle with three basic questions. <clears throat> Some may not. These questions are, where did I come from? Where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Why am I here and where am I going? Now, now Brother Tim's kind of like my dad, wanting to go to Arkansas. <laughs> but it's a good place. Beautiful state, beautiful state. If we could just get the humidity to drop a little bit, I'd be real excited about it. But the first question is very fundamental. Until you answer it, you cannot answer the other two properly. The question is important because it forces us to face the most basic issues of life. If we didn't come from anywhere and we're not going anywhere, then all it means is we have 60, 70, 80 years. I just had a birthday. I'm closing in on that 70. It's 69. It's a young 69. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, if, if there's nothing to this life, then let's just live for ourselves. And that's what a lot of people do. And that's what these verses talk about, the creation. Then we go to verses 10 through 15, and we talk about the exodus. 10 through 15, talking about the exodus. I'll try to abbreviate. These verses recap the amazing series of miracles, remember, whereby God freed his people from the Egyptian bondage. You look at it, it says, to him that smote Egypt in their firstborn. And then it goes on, it says, and brought out Israel from among them with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm to him which divided the Red Sea into parts and made Israel to pass through the midst of it, but overthrew Pharaoh and his host into the Red Sea. And he's just recapped, just recapped 400 years there. I need to let you know this morning. God, your God, my God, has no trouble defeating his enemies. Amen. Has no trouble defeating his enemies. He had no trouble parting the Red Sea. All he does is he asks that his children will acknowledge that he did it and not them. See, we're, we're the type of people we like to get the pat ourselves on the back. We like to take the credit. But God did it. God does things for me that only God can do. Only my God can do. We should praise the Lord not only that we are delivered 
but that your enemies are scattered and they're confounded and they're utterly defeated. Why? Because his love endures, endureth forever. And then we get down to verse 16 and we see the wilderness. Psalmist sums up 40 years of wandering in one verse. It says, to him which led his people through the wilderness for his mercy endureth forever. So many things that happened during these 40 years. You've got the manna and the quail. You've got the water from the rock. You've got Balaam and the talking donkey. You've got Moses on Mount Sinai, the golden cache, Kadesh Barnea, the 12 spies. You've got bitter water. You've got bleached bones in the desert. You've got complaining and the continual challenges to the Moses' leadership. And through it all, God led his people to the promised land. 40 years in word of the verse. Why? Because his mercy endureth forever. You need to make and understand this thing too, that God led his people through the desert. He didn't lead his people around the desert. Sometimes you look and you think, why, am I have, why do I have this thing in my life? Why do I have this problem? Well, folks, God's teaching you. God's teaching us all. Learn to be the student. Don't be the, vi be the victim. Understand and know that it's kind of treacherous. It's kind of like the, the disciples in the boat and when the waters were boisterous, right? And the waves were all around. And uh, it can get, and, and what's interesting to note is many of those guys were fishermen and they were used to rough seas. But God won't always take you around your problems. We pray, get us out of this problem. God's saying, no, you need to stay with me, hold my hand as I guide you through this problem. Amen. Sometimes in our life there's many detours, there's switchbacks. I mean, I just, I went this way, oh, I just turned around, you know, it seemed like I'm kind of catching myself, passing myself. There's delays, we see dead ends, but God works through it all. Why? Because his love endureth forever. And then you see the conquest in verses 16 through 22. You can find the story of Sihon and, and Og in Numbers chapter 21. When Israel had desired free passage through the land of the Amorites, Sihon the king refused the Israelites and then attacked them. Well, he got soundly defeated. And Israel ended up occupying all the cities of the Amorites. And they marched up the road and Og, king of Bashan, marched out with his whole army to do battle. Well, I'm going to take care of those Israelites. Well, he was too. He too was totally defeated. Numbers 21, 35 says this, So they smote him and his sons and all his people until there was none left him alive, and they possessed his land. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. We have hope in this word and its teaching. Do you really believe it? What an encouragement these verses are because they remind us of God's faithfulness in spite of our repeated failures. How many times have I failed God? How many times, I'm not asking a question, how many times, how many times you this morning have failed God? And yet his mercy endureth forever. It would have been easy for the Jews to think our sin has made God forget us as they were in these troubles. We have no hope. We have no future. Imagine them being and generations growing up when they're in bondage to Egypt. That's all they knew. 
We've blown everything. But despite their sin, and despite their foolish belief, God never gave up on his people. Everybody around you might give up on you. But know this, God has not given up on you. He's not given up on you. Because his love endures forever. Every child of God should take a great hope in that. My past, what the Apostle Paul said, forgetting those things which are past, I press your past does not determine your future. Satan would have you think, I have made so many mistakes. I have messed up so much in this life that there is no hope. I'm here to let you know this morning, there's hope in God. Amen. You don't have to continue in that sin. You don't have to continue in the wrongdoing. You have every opportunity to do right. Who knows, but tomorrow you might See God bring a great victory in your life. You know why? Because his love endures forever. And then it, it goes throughout history in verses 23 through 25. And then these three verses, I'll read them. He says, who remembered us in our lowest state for his mercy endureth forever and hath redeemed us from our enemies for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 23, he remembered us. Verse 24, he freed us. And 25, he feeds us. He feeds us. He remembered us how? By sending Jesus to save us. He freed us from our sins. And he feeds us every single day if you're in his word. He feeds you every single day. What God did for ancient Israel, he does for his people everywhere all the time in this day and age. Why? His love endures forever. And then notice the conclusion of his praise. The psalm ends with a general call to praise God at all times. <clears throat> at all times. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Three conclusions to this, and we'll be done. History is not about us, history is about God. This may seem kind of elementary, but it's, in fact, a profound truth. You, me, we are not the center of history. You've ever been around somebody and you seem to think that, wow, you just kind of get the impression that it's all about them. Am I the only one? Have anybody ever run across somebody like that? It's all about them. And, and I mean, and it's their world. And... You've just been allowed to come into it for a little bit. Well, guess what? It's not about any of us. It's about God. You know, what happens to you matters, but the real point in life is to glorify God in all things. <coughs> we need to recognize his hand at work. When you're, when you're in the midst of that problem, know this, God is working. You may not see it, but he is working. We need to believe him when it's the darkest around us, when we have those hurts. I think of my friend, his family this morning, a very dark moment for them. And yet it can be extremely bright and recognize God. We need to give God thanks in every victory. <clears throat> we need to lean on his word 
<coughs> we need to grow more like him every day. You can't do that if you're not in his word. You can't do that if you're not praying to him. To live like others and find it easy to believe in him. That's why the psalmist connects the concrete facts of history with the children of Israel, the songs that they would sing, with a triumphant cry of praise. This is what happened. Sing about it. This is what happened. His mercy endureth forever. This is what happened on and on and on. I would encourage young families, as your children are small, start your own little notebook of the things you pray about. And then the victories that God gives you. And then you can say his mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. <clears throat> so what's the chief end of man? It's simply this, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Most of the time, though, <coughs> we're not glorifying God, are we? We're just, hey, uh, stay close, God. I might need you. We, have, we, we would all say this is true, that we are to glorify God, but it's not always easy. Not always easy. All you have to do is go back and look at how the children of Israel responded to him and how they would go away from him. and God bring them back. And they'd go away and he'd bring them back. and They'd get into trouble. He'd get them out of trouble. God's plan for them was not always easy at every point along the way. When they came up to that Red Sea and that Egyptian army's behind them. <clears throat> that was a very uncomfortable situation. But his mercy endured forever. <clears throat> We're short-sighted. We have the word of God. It's full of wisdom, full of knowledge, understanding, encouragement. And we can see the words but we don't drink these words in and allow them to become real and true to us. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. We pray for deliverance and then complain when it comes. <laughs> Isn't that just like us? We were born wishing something better. This psalm reminds us in every single verse that God's ways and our ways are not the same. Generally, we'll only be able to see God's uh, blessing and his plan in, in retrospect. We look back and we go, oh, oh, I see what you were doing. But we need to trust him as we go through it. But when we're in the furnace and the fire of that problem, all we can see are the flames. God's mercy in that trial, in that problem, endures forever. We need to remind ourselves of Psalm 136. Why? Because I'm prone to forget. I will forget the goodness of God. <clears throat> Got a problem here, God, and just because I don't see the answer tomorrow doesn't mean that the answer's not coming. It just means we can't see it. I'm not the center of the universe. God is. Two, our faith 
rests on facts. Our faith rests on facts. This kind of recital of the history of the Israel teaches us that our faith rests upon the concrete facts of God in human history. We've been in the book of Acts, and one of the Apostle Paul, coming up here soon, <clears throat> made his defense before King Agrippa in Acts. He concluded his statement regarding the death and resurrection of Christ with these words. It's found in Acts 26, 26, the second part of the verse. He says, For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. He means something like this. Okay, you don't have to check. Take my word for it. Check it out yourself. The facts are there for everyone to see. That's why the best answer to a skeptic that someone doesn't believe the Bible, read the Bible. Read it for yourself. Just keep reading it for yourself and see what it says. <clears throat> Our faith is founded upon the great realities of the Bible. And then three, keep in mind while this is going on, remember the big picture. What's the big picture? His love endureth forever. To me individually. To me individually? Yes, to you individually. I mean, I'm not into chanting or anything like that, but if you were to say something over and over, this would be a great thing to say. I mean, as you go through the day, you might just say and think to yourself, hmm, for his mercy endureth forever. For his mercy endureth forever. His love endures forever. We should begin to share that and proclaim that. We need to tell our children, God's mercy endures forever. God's mercy endures forever. No matter where you're going to go this week or what you're going to do, his love, his love endures forever. No matter what your problems are, no matter how you feel about a certain situation. His love endures forever. What's this week going to hold for us? I think of teens when they come back from camp and how they're excited and, and thrilled and they've been on a, they're on a, literally a spiritual high right? because they've been away from media of the world and, and their ungodly friends and they get excited about what God's doing and they come back in and something happens. A lot of times it's an older, older saints maybe looking at them and talking down about them and saying, yeah, in a few days that'll pass. And what have we done? We've not encouraged them in a bit, have we? We've discouraged them. But God's love endures forever. God's love for me will be just as true in two months from now, two years from now, two decades from now, we're still around as it is today, and more so. Keep that in mind as all these uncertainties come into your life. Fix your mind on Jesus. And no matter what else happens, today, tomorrow, know this, his love endures forever. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that as you've listened, that you've actually drank in the words, these words. God's love to me has no end. 
God's love for me is not because I was so lovely, but simply because he loves me. God has made a covenant with me, and he's telling me that his love for me is going to endure forever. Maybe you're here this morning and you go, I don't know about his love enduring for me forever. Well, let me tell you this. That's the reason Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. And he paid the sin penalty of all of mankind. So all we have to do is take shedding of that blood, his righteousness, and it covers us because I cannot do it in and of myself. But if you do not know Jesus Christ, your Savior, then you cannot personally claim that his love endureth forever for you. The sad thing is, it's right there for the taking. Father, I ask that at this time that you'd have your will and way in hearts and lives of each and every one that's here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together with heads bowed and eyes closed. There's not any music to play. But you know what? God would do a work in your heart and life. I mean, maybe you just need to come to the altar to this morning and say, God, praise you, God. Praise you, God, for that love that endures forever for me, that you have for me. Maybe you've got some issues in your life. Maybe you're holding on to some sin. Maybe you just feel like you just can't let go of that and let God have control of your life. Whatever your need is, the altar is open. If you need to receive Jesus Christ, your Savior, there's no better time than right now. Whatever your need is this morning, I'm going to stop talking. Let God talk to you.